Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz right here on TuneIn, Google Cast, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, uh, Indie Rap Radio on Wednesdays, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern, as well all over 9.7 million iHeart Podcasts. So awesome to be on the iHeart platform. And always on Block Talk Radio, your host Oscar Lopez here. We are going to have a great show, 279. We have four guests today, pretty excited, two jam-packed hours. And we're going to be talking WFA playoffs, the conference finals here. We're going to be talking WNFC 9 Cup that's going to happen in Denver, uh, LFL Week 9, LFL Week 10, Preview Week 11. And then we got international news from LFP in Mexico. We also have uh, the championship happening in the USWSFL, uh, Germany in play, LIMFA in play. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to discuss in the next two hours. First and foremost, we're going to have pretty much Kicking it off, two amazing guests, two international uh, women, journey women, and we are uh, privileged to have them on today, uh, Kyra Leah Dargan and Ellie Metzola. Both played for the New York Wolves. Um, Ellie played for the New York Sharks last year on that uh, finale run. She, uh, she's also been a part of the Helsinki Roosters, the Loyal Alliances, and, of course, uh, on her blog. You can check her out at I ihannahelly.com and uh, also Kira Leah has played with the UNS, UNSW Raiders and the Sydney Lions who uh, were champions last year as well as for the state team in New, New South Wales. So we're going to be excited to talk to them in about 15 minutes. Uh, we have all our panel back uh, today so we got to clap and all that. We got Holly Custis in the house coming up. He's uh, WNFC All-Star as well as we have Mackenzie Brooks in an hour. Troy Wilson back in an hour. We won't have Louise Bean. She's preparing, obviously, for the Texas Elite Spartans with her Utah Falcons. And in hour two, we are going to preview the Nine Cup coming up here in, this weekend with uh, CEO Brian Sewell and also Odessa Jenkins. So what a jam-packed 279 could be more not more proud than what it is. So uh, let's bring in the uh, – WNFC All-Star here and WFA All-Star, and that's going to be uh, Holly Custis back in the house. Holly, what's going on? Not much. How's it going? Uh, it's going great having you back. What's going on? Not much. Just finished the, the season here, um, working my way into the off-season. Excited to be back on the podcast. Well, Holly, it didn't end like you wanted. We talked to McCarran last week, but uh, it was a good season. You guys battled hard against the uh, San Diego Surge, so uh, you got to give credit to your defense as well. Offensively, probably didn't play as well as you should have, but uh, Scott said obviously they're intangibles there. But the defense, you guys, your defense was just stout, man. They just played so good against uh, San Diego and held them down to 20 points, which is not a you know not really good against Gidry and company. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, this season basically uh, we rediscovered, um, you know, our rivalry with San Diego, uh, and I think the two teams know a lot about each other. 
and I think that uh, you know I think we played pretty well against San Diego. We we did what we needed to do to win. <clears throat> I mean the first drive that we had against them um, was basically you know what we needed on, on offense. Um, uh, like you stated before, we, we wanted more points, but it kind of is what it is. Um, they have some strong players on defense as well. And then, you know, when we played Utah, Utah is just a, a really great team. And even though we uh, have a lot of talent on defense, their their offensive scheme is very difficult to stop. Um, so overall, a great season. Um, but uh, uh, looking forward to uh, the, the Nine Cup and seeing how that goes as well. All right. So we're, we are happy to have you back, by the way. Uh, so we're happy to have you back on the podcast and get you going one more time here. Um, so before we bring in the guests on the No Joke Football Huddle, you guys can go to the Hub. If you miss anything on the Hub, go to the Hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Everything happening internationally, legend-style play in Mexico and U.S., plus everything else, women's tackle football that happens globally. Uh, so we just want to mention, Holly, the team legacy just – won their eighth consecutive championship in Guam. Not a big deal, right? Not a big deal at all. <laughs> just winning. They're just kicking it. They're kicking it out there. Uh, thanks to Linda Salas. You guys can catch the video there of the um, Team Legacy winning against the Island Stunners. Uh, what a what a great finish. That is their eighth consecutive championship in a row. Uh, that's just uh, awesome work out there in the uh, – Island of Guam. So congratulations to them. Um, Holly, let's jump on here uh, before we bring our guests in. So um, division one, Portland didn't make it against uh, Cali Ward for that, for that uh, playoff. And so Arlington did make their game. So the impact will be taken on Cali war. If they get, if they get past Cali war, then they more than likely will take on DC and Boston. So if you're Arlington, this is a huge moment. If you take down Cali War, you got to literally you got to take two juggernauts down if you want to make a big statement. It could happen, but at this point, big hurdle. Definitely, I think that Arlington is a team that uh, seems to be, uh, you know, on the upswing. Uh, they had a solid regular season, and uh, they split a couple games with the Houston Energy. Um, you know, they beat uh, Dallas. Uh, but I think going out to Cali is going to be, you know, uh, a bit of a, a trek out there. If they can go ahead and knock out Cali, then, then that's definitely a huge, huge win in uh, my book for Arlington. Uh, but it's going to be very interesting with this game. It can be done. Nevada held Cali War to 12 points. That's Division Three Nevada Storm, 12 to 6. So it can be done. And if Arlington wants to take anything from that playbook, then they, maybe they need to call Nevada Storm and see how they did that. But uh, that's one of the one of the missions for them is can they make an impact, pun intended, against Cali War? <laughs> yeah, I think they can. I think they can. I think um, you know it's one of those things that the biggest hurdle is traveling across the country uh, over the Cali. Um, and, and seeing if you're able to deal with playing uh, on the road in that kind of environment and how you deal with that, that's going to be a, a big question for them. So if they can handle that okay, then, then you know, I, I think they have a shot. 
All right. So we we know what the next matchup's going to look like because we already saw it last week, and the result was the Renegades. Uh, D.C., Boston, Kangaldi, Scott, uh, Jennifer King, all of them, they know what this Boston uh, team is all about. It's a matter of can they beat them. And Boston is 8-0. and They're feeling it. They're returning. They want to be back-to-back champions. They got one step to Denver. I just don't see them letting up. No, I don't. I don't see it either. I think, you know, the the major difference that I can see uh, between the two is really that uh, Boston, uh, I think, has a more solid defense, um, and they also have a crazy amount of offensive weapons too. And, um, you know, D.C. definitely has a lot on their side as well. Uh, You know, and not to say that D.C. can't win. I just think in order for D.C. uh, to to make it a game, the defense has to step up a bit. Um, You can't give up 62 points um, to a team like Boston. It's it's not going to help you. So if their defense is able to step up, then they can keep them in the game because I think their offense has – uh, a decent amount of uh, firepower to keep up, but it's the defensive side that's really going to uh, be the major factor. I'm on point with you. Uh, watching the last game, that's really the difference. The difference was really defensively. And uh, unfortunately, you know what? On offense, Boston is just on fire. And you and you add the British sensation Ruth Mata to the mix on top of all the weapons that they have for Adrian Smith, Beinecke. I mean, it's just I don't know. You know, Cahill's got options, basically. Yeah, but they're rolling out like they're, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, like early in the season last year, where it's just like, who do you stop? Because there's so many of them. So, um, you know, it's it's a tough task for, for D.C. All right. Um, Holly, last week I said it. I'll say it again. I love Mile High. I think Gwen's done a great job. Smooth Glory Jones, Sasha Cruz. They're my no-joke football athletes. I really love them, but they're going up against Taylor Hay and this uh, jargon up that's the St. Louis Lamb that just returned from, you know, the off-season off one year, and, and they don't look to stop at, at that. Um, Taylor was on the podcast and said her dream was obviously to go undefeated all the way to Denver, and she's got one more one more shot, and then she gets to Denver. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that Mile High is definitely on the upswing. I mean, they're building. Um, they have a lot in place. They, they've brought in some athletes. Um, I think the the difference is that St. Louis has been around a little bit longer. They've been in these situations before overall as a program. Um, Taylor Hay is one of my favorite people on the planet. You know, she plays so much bigger than her size. And, you know, I, I think she's had a great year so far. I think that the the major thing right now is Mile High going to St. Louis, being a, a younger team as far as uh, a program, and having to play at St. Louis is going to be a, a big deal there. Yeah, for sure. Holly, it's going to be a defensive game, uh, like you were pointing out with Arlington, uh, or I mean D.C., because it is going to be Mile High's uh, task would be defensively, because if they can stop St. Louis offensively, the problem is uh, St. Louis is so good on both sides of the ball, somewhat similar to Boston, that there's issues there. Oh, definitely. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that the, the playoffs are a whole different beast, you know, than the regular season. 
but at the same time, I think St. Louis is a balanced team, and I think the the big nod, I think, when it comes to them is that they're at home and that overall as a program they have more experience in being in, in these situations. All right. Um, Kozo and company just seem to get gelled in the last three weeks here. They're really looking forward to that. Uh, quarterback change there as well with Baker. Uh, Pittsburgh looks like the favorite here. Detroit really needs to uh, figure out how they can kind of, I guess, shock the world, if that's the word. They've been played good ball for six, uh, what, four weeks, and then they kind of dropped off a little bit here. Uh, they kind of make up for it by winning last week, and now they're here. Uh, can they beat the passion is the question. It's going to be tough. I think one of the Detroit things, um, as you mentioned, um, is that they've had, you know, kind of some ups and downs. Um, I think they're kind of a team that uh, uh, is kind of an upstart team. Uh, but the main thing is being consistent. Um, and I think it's going to be tough, though, to beat uh, Pittsburgh on the road. Um, I, I definitely think Pittsburgh has the, the experience advantage. Um, and uh, But uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, Melinda Sparks was here a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, we were talking about, you know, the the fact that, you know, D3 is so compressed overall with all these teams, and, and I'm talking about, you know, logistics and stuff, and it's tougher for them because obviously they go from, like, you know, a 20-man roster to, like, 12, uh, sort of like what Arkansas did in a couple a couple of years ago. But um, they're here. They're trying to defend their title. They're no different than Boston. They've arrived. Uh, the Vanguard's pretty impressive two-year team here uh, in the playoffs. So uh, it is a big test for Columbus to take down uh, Orlando. Orlando is feisty. They go to Derby, and they just literally route Derby. So I don't know if they're just angry, and if, they stay, if they're staying angry, they're going to be tough to beat for another round. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, I think for Columbus, I mean, like you said, uh, they've done really well this year, but I think Orlando is going to be tough to beat especially, you know, they're, they're pretty pass-heavy with Candace Hunter, but I think that's going to be a really hard task for Columbus to stop is that passing game. Um, and uh, uh, I think Orlando is probably going to move on after this one. Yeah, I, I just have that same feeling. I, I know Columbus has played well the last, you know, for the whole season, but uh, Orlando, uh, they got a chip on their shoulders. They just they want to just go back and, and prove a point. And as tough as their season has been, as Melinda has uh, noted, uh, they're not they're not looking back. They're going forward, and whatever they got to do, they got to get there, and they're going to get there. I think um, uh, Mississippi, big story, uh, Holly. They take down the royalty. Royalty was literally on a roll, and out, out of nowhere, here's the Lady Panthers. When it when it mattered, they took down the royalty last week. Yeah, I think that's a big deal. I mean, it, it's a big deal, period, that uh, football is developing so well in Mississippi. Um, and I think that was definitely a surprise win by the Panthers. Um, I mean, they lost earlier in the season to the royalty. So, you know, congrats to, to the Panthers. That's a big deal for them. Yeah, I, I, I was impressed. I mean, to me, it was like that's the rivalry in state and uh, – the Lady Panthers really knew that this was this has got to you know it's got to matter it's got to count, and I think they made their point. And uh, congratulations to them. The only drawback is 
they got to go cross country to Nevada. That's <laughs> the only job I got out of the wind. It's like, oh, <laughs> crap. <laughs> sort of like, you know, when Arkansas had to go to uh, Oregon and then had to make their trip over to Pittsburgh. Kind of just uh, one um, big hurdle. Yeah, that is a long trek. And then, you know, Nevada has improved a lot even since last year, you know, when we uh, used to play them. Um, and so I'm really proud of Nevada because I think they've really improved a lot. Uh, but that trek for the Panthers is going to be pretty tough. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe they could, maybe they can pull it out. Maybe they can pull in Arkansas and go all the way across country and come back. But I think it's going to be hard. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be the uh, goal, I think. Um, Nevada, very impressive. Uh, if you can hold Cali War to 12 points, that is very impressive on defense. That's a defensive maddening game, especially at their level. And then to take to hold on to uh, Cali Ward at 12 to 6. So that was a really impressive matchup. Definitely. I mean, <clears throat> and if you look at, you know, they've been more consistent. They they seem to have a direction. You know, I think, you know, no matter what what ends up happening the rest of the playoffs for Nevada, I think they can be proud in that they're heading the right direction. All right. So, Holly, uh, we'll get predictions uh uh, at the end of the show here, but uh, do you have any predictions early before you bail? So before we bring our guests in, I'm going with uh, the underdog Arlington to take down Cali. I have a good feeling. I think they're hungry. They want to make a statement. This would be a statement game. I'm taking Boston. Uh, I, you know, would love to take Mile High, but I just, uh, just it just seems like St. Louis is just too powerful. Uh, Pittsburgh, I'm taking. Uh, Nevada, I'm taking, and uh, Orlando, I'm taking. Yeah, I think uh, taking taking Boston. Um, <clears throat> I think you know with the the last game that they played, it, it's it's hard not to. Um, I'm picking Cali because they're they're at home, and I think it's going to be tough for Arlington to, to travel out. Even though I think that should be a good game. Um, I'm probably taking Pittsburgh against Detroit. Um, I think it's uh, the home factor. Um, and then Mile High and St. Louis, I think, will be a pretty even match. But I'm giving the nod to St. Louis because they're home and they're more experienced. Um, Orlando, I th- um, I'm going to pick Orlando um, because I think their passing game might be too much for Columbus. And I'm picking Nevada because they're at home, um, and I think they I think they have something to prove. All right. So everything, all details, everything that's happening, uh, tickets to the national championship. That's going to happen, obviously, in July 12th and 13th. It'll be at WFAProFootball.com. Details there for the national championship. You can buy uh, championship gear as well. It's on sale now, limited edition national championship shirts. Go to WFAProFootball.com and get the details there for that as well. We're going to be discussing the nine cup in the second hour here. But before then, we have two amazing journey women that came to the States to play at the highest level in football, which is the WFA at this point. And so they were playing for the New York Wolves. So let's bring into the huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. You can go to Zazzle.com for slash career and beauties, save up to 20% off on leggings, hoodies, and shirts. Check it out. Use the code, save money. You can also subscribe to Zazzle Black for about $9.99. You get free shipping in the U.S., no charge for shipping. So check it out at Zazzle.com for slash Grand Beauties. Dazzle has been our sponsor for six years. We would not be on the air without them. So go support our sponsor, Dazzle.com for Sasquatch Iron Beauties. All right, let's bring in our guest here uh, into the huddle. 
and that will be the talented Kira Lee, Dargan, and Ellie Metzola. How are you guys doing, girls? Hey, we're good. So I'm just going to tap you on speaker so Ellie can um, can join in in the conversation. Sure, no worries. All right. Yeah, we're here. All right. Hi. All right. Um, so, uh, Kira uh, and uh, Ellie, you guys playing for the Wolves this year. How was the season? Let's start with you, Kira. How was the season from Aussie land to land in New York? Um, You know what? Quite honestly, it blew my freaking mind. Like, it was just an experience that I, I, can't, I can't sum it up. To, to come from a different league and to – play at the top level in the U.S. I'm on the other side of the world. You know, I had my children here with me. It was just an incredible experience and a really positive team um, to be around and to be embraced by. So it was pretty cool. Uh, Kira, you you also put... Go ahead, Ellie. Yeah, I I was going to say, I just got here at the end of May, so there was only two regular season games left. So, So luckily we went to playoffs and I got to play three games with the team. And, and yeah, I, w- I felt very welcomed from the first day I got here. So, so it was it's been it's been a great experience. Ellie, last year uh, you played for the finale run, right? You were on the team that finished the season and went to Georgia, right? Uh, no, no, I wasn't playing here yet last year. I, w- I so was the year uh, before? playing with the Sharks. I was playing uh, in the tournament in UK with with the Sharks. Oh, that's my confusion because I saw your I saw your picture <laughs> with uh, the uniform sixty six, and I thought maybe you were on the uh, on the team at the so you were at the transatlantic tournament, right? Yes, I was there with them. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, Kira and uh, Ellie, we have Holly Custis. Uh, WFA All-Star, WNFC Star as well with Seattle Majestics as our co-host. And she's here almost every week if she's not in season. So uh, say hi to Holly. Hey. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Good, thanks. You guys actually are with the Majestics. You guys got some Aussies down there too. Yeah, we had uh, Cody. We had Cody Fuller. And then we had uh, Danny uh, came down for a bit again this year. Um, we also... Um, had uh, Obi from France, um, and we had Gabby from the UK. So we're all international over on my team. <laughs> yeah, good work. Good work. I like it. Did you guys enjoy your season? Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I think we both agree that it was just a really incredible experience to have. Awesome. What did? Uh, like, how did you uh, both start in football? Like, what what made you start playing? Um, so I have a background in rugby league in Australia, and mm-hmm. I've got a whole bunch of brothers. So I've I've grown up around different codes of football, but American football, as such, um, gridiron, all of that, wasn't until uh, we actually the NCAA sent out. Um, Stanford and Rice Owl for an opener in Australia. So that was mm-hmm. my first kind of college league game that I went to watch and had a conversation there with a few of the coaches who were like, we have a, a small league here in Australia, come down, give it a go. 
at the time I was recovering from cancer and um, and just getting back on my feet and my health and all of that. So it was a good opportunity, I guess, for me to, to kind of engage again in contact sport and just give me something else to focus on. So that's initially, yeah, how I stepped back into it. That's awesome. Um, you know, I, I understand, like, how hard going through cancer and stuff is. So I think that speaks volumes to your character that you were able to, to bounce back and find that. Um, what about you, Ellie? Uh, well, uh, I started without any background in sports, really. I was uh, – uh, 2017 was my first season. So 2016, a uh, couple of my friends started a women's team in my hometown in Lohia which is a real small mm-hmm. town. I was watching them having a lot of fun, and I, I was thinking, like, that, that looks like something I could, I could actually like doing. And also, at the same time, I met someone who was in Finland to play football and, and went to see some of his games, and I was like, okay, there's this kind of sports too. I, I, I got to try this. And so, so then the winter came, I went to, to the tryouts, and, and now I'm here. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Um, what was your guys' biggest surprise about coming to the U.S.? Have you guys been to the U.S. before uh, you came out here to play? Uh, I've I've been out here quite a few times. I've got a lot of um, family and friends out here. Uh, but I guess mm-hmm. football-wise, coming out and um, experiencing a different game, it was all different because there's, you know, it's a full field, a full team, um, we're not playing on makeshift fields, I guess, as such back home. And it was just, it's a lot more structured and there's a lot more understanding of the game itself as such as well. So it was a different experience to go from somewhere that has a smaller division with smaller teams and small size fields to come out here and play a full game and especially playing on no huddle. I guess that was a big shift for me too. Um, but likewise, it, it, it's just such a good learning experience, and it's just been really cool. So I'm definitely looking forward to coming back next year. Awesome. What about you, Ellie? Uh, well, it's not my first time in States either, but I have only been in New York, so this is my fourth time here. Uh, mm-hmm. Football itself, like, we we play in the same kind of field in Finland. We, we have 12-minute quarters, so that's pretty much the only difference. Uh, in the game itself, but of course we're here. Uh, teams are a lot bigger. You have more players in rosters here, uh, more coaches, and and like Kira said, the understanding of the game is is on a whole other level. So I've been learning a lot and and been trying to learn as much as possible now that I'm here. Very cool. Um, what about uh, what your family and friends think? Have they been following you guys as you've been over here? Um, have they been able to watch you play on, uh, you know, any kind of streaming or anything like that? Yeah, it's it's great. The uh, Wolves games are streamed, so so I think a lot of people in Finland have been watching and have been supporting me, wanting to hear about about being here. I also write write a blog about my my stay here, so that's been one way to to let them know what's going on and how it is over here. So yeah, people have been interested to. To, to follow up and see see how it is. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely second that. Um, the the setup that the Wolves have with their ability to stream the games has been really beneficial, especially for my family back home. Like they're on a 16-hour time difference, so for them, games are happening at five, six o'clock in the morning. So they're getting up to watch it. 
they're tuning in, they're, they're actively commenting and, and engaging as well. Um, you know, and there was a bit of hype about it before I came out here, so there were a few media, uh, media articles and, and things like that that went out. And um, I've gone back to college as well, so my university back home is, has shared some information and, and done bits and pieces as well. So word's got around and there's, it's really nice. Like, it's just really comforting to see people from home support her and especially with um, Australian women really achieving in sport at the moment. So there's a big drive for that at home. And so, yeah, it's, it's been pretty cool. I think it's really cool, you know, that um, that more and more teams are consistently streaming their games. Um, you know, it's been awesome to watch that develop because for reasons like this, when, when you're out of state, when you're out of the country and, you know, people can watch you and it just spreads the sport. So I think that's really cool. Uh, my final question for you guys is, uh, what was your best moment of the season, like on the field? Like what moment do you – you're just never going to forget about playing overseas? Um, I think the first time I ran the ball, like, <laughs> it was just as soon as I touched that ball, like something clicked and it was like, move your legs, Kira, or you're getting knocked out. Like that's all there is to it. And just to, to know how hungry the girls are here on the field, it's like, especially playing in a running back position, I guess, it, it was like I knew I had to make a move because otherwise – there, there's no holding back. Like there's there's no stories here. It's the women out here just play hard hitting football, and I love it. Very cool. Running back is fun, but the trick is, you know, hit them before they hit you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's really cool. <laughs> that's really cool. How about you, Ellie? Well, being on the other side of the ball is probably my first tackle in the in the first game I got to play here. Uh, it was. I was a bit nervous before the game, of course, and I, I didn't get to practice with the team before the first game. So when I finally got that first seat, I was like, the pressure, pressure came off, and I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty typical. You know, I think I always tell younger players, you know, when they're nervous before a game, once you get your first hit, you'll be okay. So I totally get it. Well, I, I'm really happy that you guys had such a great time. Uh, Oscar, uh, do you have any questions? Uh, no, it looks like everything was covered. Um, uh, Kira and Ellie, is there anything you guys want to tell us about your respective uh, teams back home? I know, uh, Kira, you've been part of the uh, the state the state team, right? So with the uh, New South Wales uh, New South Wales squad that went to uh, I think it's Perth at the time. So you've been part of that yeah. that crowd as well, right? Yeah, yeah, and I've had some really good experiences back home with football. So um, I've I played with the UNS, uh, University of New South Wales um, Raiders and also with the um, University of Sydney Lions. Um, I'll head back to the Raiders this season. So their, their women's team is reforming again. So I'm looking forward to heading home. Um, and, yeah, we, we play the, the national comp every two years where it's kind of state versus state. We were a little bit unlucky. We came in with a really strong team and, and a good game plan. Uh, last year, but there was a lot of injuries that were copped and a lot of heartbreak as well. You know, we had ACLs, shoulders, kneecaps, ankles, snap, all types of stuff. Like, it was crazy. So, um, I'm just, yeah, the, the, the game back home, obviously, is very different to here as well. And so, I think that I'll be able to take a lot more experience home to all of those teams that I've played for um, and the, the league in its entirety as well. So, that'll be, that'll be a good opportunity. 
Well, did you? I think you won the title in Sydney, right? Or the Sydney Lions did win the title last this past season, right? Yeah. So I've actually uh, with the Opal Bowl, like uh, the New South Wales State League itself. Um, so I've gone back to that championships, one with the Raiders, and then one with the Lions last year. So. Hopefully, I'll uh, get a third a third ring on my finger this year with the Raiders, but it'll be a good little rivalry because obviously once the once the team folded, the Raiders folded in um, two years ago. All the girls kind of shifted over and played with the Lions last year, and some are going back to the Raiders, some have stayed with the Lions this season, some are going to other teams. So it's kind of um, put a nice even playing field out across the league, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see which way it plays. Kira, is it seven? Is it nine 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 still aside, or is there? I know uh, certain states are trying to drive for eleven man. Is it still a transition? Uh, yeah, so it's still transitioning. Um, we're definitely not in a in a. I don't want to sound negative, but we we know we're certainly not in a place at the moment where we can transition to the eleven aside. Um, we're really are working very hard on promoting the game and and building that interest and pulling numbers. Uh, there's currently four different codes of football happening in Australia and uh, of contact football. And then there's, there's the non-contact codes as well. So like your flag and, and, and rugby league tag and all of that. So it's a lot um, less people and a lot more different codes. And obviously that's when everyone fights for, for numbers to into their leagues and all of that. So um, being of an Indigenous Australian background myself, I'm really kind of pushing, you know, to, to our communities, um, getting the girls involved and, and trying to build that awareness. And now having this opportunity to play overseas will definitely help that drive. Kira, you had daughters. Uh, obviously, we're doing we're striving in the U.S. to kind of elevate the game to another level and their awareness to bring attention to it. WNFC, WFA, pretty much the birth of American football here, but. You got daughters here. Um, how have they experienced you on the Wolves and seeing all these, uh, you know, the sisterhood that happens on a, a weekly basis in game day? Um, I'm really, really fortunate. So obviously, as I mentioned before, I come from a football background of different codes, so AFL, uh, rugby league, and now American football. Um, my girls themselves actually play rugby league in Australia, and they are both on full male team so they're the only girls on their team uh, so for them to be able to see me play in Australia on full women's size and then see the development at the moment of, of the different women's teams that are happening in Australia as well as come out here and experience a whole different football game and a different sisterhood I think has really positively impacted them um, and I know my little 10 year old is has got her eyes set on being a quarterback as it is, and she's got a nice little arm on her. So we'll see. She might be a future wolf. There we go. So maybe a mulligan. Maybe another Karen Mulligan in the works here. <laughs> cool. Um, Ellie, uh, the, the game in Sweden, is it uh, – where are we at there? Is it transitioning also to 11, or are we playing 11 there as well? In Finland, you mean. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, sorry, we play Finland. 11. I think Sweden, 11 I don't know football. We have – we have uh, the Maple League, which is the highest level, and there's Division One and Division Two. Uh, Division Two teams are playing seven on seven, so that's for the teams who who don't have as much players, so they can still still play and and compete. But but the other levels are eleven on eleven. So the Finland the Finland national team, uh, a lot of talented players on their last Euro. 
the mm-hmm. last Euro games, there was kind of a drop up in a way because uh, Great Britain has come onto the scene. And then, you know, uh, at the World Championships, same concept. We all expected Finland to kind of stay where they're at, but there was a lot of competition. Yeah. Mexico came in, Australia. So uh, the excitement in your country for the national team is always very, uh, it's a buzz basically, to, especially when you go to the European yeah. Championships. Yes, yes. And there are a lot of players from the Roosters and, and other teams are on the national team now and, and they're very eager to go to Leeds and, and renew their championship, of course, in the in the European Games. Uh, Ellie, you've been part of a lower squad teams like the Lionesses and then you've obviously been, uh, been part mm-hmm. of the, you know, historic franchises like Helsinki. So what's the difference? Is it just the coaching staffing and just more resources and things like that? Well, yeah, that that is, uh, and also Lionesses was. Uh, it's a young team, so it had been together for one year when I joined them. So, so yeah, the the coaching staff is is uh, pretty much just volunteering. They don't get paid for it. So, uh, mm-hmm. and also we didn't have. We have like maybe 25 players in the beginning of the season, uh, and and the Roosters have been. I think the Roosters women team has been together since since women started playing full contact football in Finland. That was 2008. So they have more tradition. They have more uh, experienced players and and the coaching also, of course, because. Roosters men's team has won the national championship for seven years in a row. So there are a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge and talent in the whole organization, and of course the women's team gets to benefit from that too. We have the Wolverines that come uh, they've come on strong in the last couple seasons here. So also a very mm, potent team yeah. there in uh, in Finland, of course. Yes, yes, they are. And and this year was hard for Roosters. Actually, the women's team had to fold fold the league because of lack of players. Because four of us are playing abroad, and there was uh, a lot of injuries and stuff like that. So, so that was it for us this season. Hopefully, next year we can we can start building new and and come back. So Maple League, uh, Ellie, since you've started, it's it's grown a lot. Is can you compare it to the WFA in in your country at this point, or is it nothing comparable? Uh, well, of course we have six teams in Maple League, so it's it's a lot smaller. Uh, I think the level level is not that far. The the best teams in Maple League are are really good and. Uh, I think the game itself, like it, it's not that different. So, but of course here the there are a lot more teams. The the whole system is is a bit different. Uh, with us, the Maple League teams only play Maple League teams over here. You got like first division teams playing second division teams and and, and like that. So it's uh, it works a little differently. Uh, yeah, but it's 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 still football. <laughs> Yeah. Um, have you played on both sides of the ball, um, Ellie, uh, defense and offense, or have you just stuck to one side of the ball? Well, I have been in a situation where in the middle of the game I was suddenly playing fullback, but <laughs> that wasn't oh, exactly wow. what I hoped to happen again. So <laughs> no, but I've been playing mostly just defense and linebacker so far. 
So you have a you have the same killer instinct that Holly does here before she jumps the offense. <laughs> you're just, you just want to you just want to wreck somebody. <laughs> Pretty much hitting people, hitting people's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I know you. That is like a salt. Uh, was it a, a, a proof of salt? Another human being. <laughs> 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 nice. It's a legal assault. <laughs> there you go. That's a legal assault. That's what you want to call it? Okay, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kira, uh, the Aussie game has changed, transitioned. Uh, I mean, we had uh, uh, the Queensland League that started it, then New South Wales, then we got uh, over in West Australia, now uh, uh, Victoria as well. And then now I think yeah. the news is South Australia is looking to, you know, to field a, a, a team or a league. So the the growth of the sport in terms of the female side of things has really grown in, in the last, uh, you know, five, six years now. It's really going forward. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so I should make mention as well, the Queensland League, uh, Queensland League, sorry, plays uh, 11 to the field, full field. Um mm-hmm. But that's within the inner Queensland league, and I couldn't tell you the top, off the top of my head how many how many teams are actually in that league. But there's quite a few. Um, then, you, like within the New South Wales league itself, there's um, we've we've gone up to nine teams this year. Uh, again, you've also got your ACT league, your Victorian league, WA, and and as you mentioned, um, South Australia are looking to build a team as well. Um, I'm not sure at this stage entirely how they're going to structure a league itself. Like uh, Adelaide's a very small place, um, but I guess like you know with the promotion and, and hopefully they'll pick up some numbers. I think solely right now the focus is on um, just developing a squad over the next year or two that can come to nationals and and be competitive against the rest of the state. You know where you're facing the best of the best. But um, yeah, it's definitely it's it's expanding, which is really good. Um, and I, as I said, like there's different codes of football in Australia, and there's a lot of room for growth. So I think that um, you know, slow and steady is how it's going. I'd like to see it just kind of rock it off, but either way, we're going to get there. It's going to happen. Kira, uh, when they fielded the Australian team for Vancouver, was that moment? Everybody mm-hmm. felt that moment, right? You feel the team. It's, this is a national team representing your country now on the biggest stage in gridiron. Um, Ellie obviously knows that because you know Finland has fielded a team for a long time. But for you guys, when you when you got the announcement that there was going to be a uh, you know Australian national team, did did you just say, "Wow, this is this is we've arrived"? Because now you're at the big stage in IFAB. So funny story. I actually didn't play my first season of football until after that had already happened. So I knew nothing about you know, even being an Australian team. Um, Really disappointingly that the media didn't jump on that and promote it and give those girls the credit that they were due because, you know, they came out and, and they represented and they went hard and they, they did the best that they could, and especially being the first time in history that we've ever had an Australian women team do that. Um, they definitely definitely deserved credit uh, and a lot more publication. And I think that if it was more mentioned and if it was more in the media and... Um, and promoted and all of that, that there definitely would have been a strong sense of pride um, and patriotism behind them, and a lot of people would have jumped on and supported that. Um, so I'm hoping that the next uh, next World Cup, you know, when we actually head to Finland, 2021, <laughs> uh, we'll, the Australian media will, will get it together and, and pull their head in and, you know, see what they should be doing and, and support the girls. 
Yeah, well, you got Ellie right there. There's your uh, guest, your guest host. As you go to Finland, I don't know if she'll be nice on the field, but <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure off the field she'll <laughs> be okay. The same team now, but hopefully we'll come up against each other. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's been fun with you guys. I really appreciate you, Kara, making the effort to uh, to get on and uh, get Ellie combined together and kind of talk to you guys, chat about that. Uh, we're really excited when we get international uh, players on our podcast because it's a totally different game than our game in the States. And on top of that, we have a lot of intangibles on top of here with, you know, uh, this being supported by the college football, which we don't have. There's And there's a lot of barriers there that we have to crush just in the homeland. But it's always exciting to see that your willingness to come to play for the biggest stage, obviously, in the States. It's great. Um, the, the Wolves and the Sharks, uh, you know, Andre Douglas had done a great job for 20 years with New York, a uh, legendary organization. So it's very, very uh, – historic for you guys too to be part of a branch of that organization and Ellie you played for the Sharks as well and uh, you know Andrew Douglas is historic in terms of the sport itself uh, everything she sacrificed together and to, to keep it alive and obviously last year was a great moment for her a culmination of 20 years and and just to cap it off with the championship that was that was just huge Yes, definitely. And the both national and international championships because we won at, at the transatlantic too. So, yeah, so. I, I definitely I'll add to that as well. I feel like what she came out and and managed, you know, at, put to, they pulled together and the team deserves every effort, it, it, every credit, sorry, for their effort um, to, to come out and take the national championship and give two and also the, the um, you know, transatlantic. So, 100% support those girls, and I'm very proud of them and, and um, the teams, the management, the coaches, how all of them conduct mm-hmm. themselves. Um, I just think that they, yeah, they definitely need to enjoy the celebration of that. And the girls actually got their rings um, a couple of days ago. So, yeah, it's, it's been nice to, to live that moment with them. Yeah, and it's a bigger moment. when You can come to the States to any team, but, you know, in terms of uh, a gridiron history, in terms of, you know, allure and historic, uh, you know, pretty much how everything is viewed. But in the States, uh, the Sharks have been like the birth of women's football since the beginning, 20 years Mm -hmm. ago. And they were the staple team right next to Minnesota. Um, So for you guys to arrive in New York and play for an organization like that is, it's like a huge moment in terms to be part of that history. Definitely. Oh, it's been an honour. Like it, you know. I, I, unfortunately, I didn't fall under the Sharks banner last year. I've come under the Wolves this year. But initially, I was supposed to play to the Sharks last year. But still, the team's very engaged, and 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 a lot of things have stayed the same. So yeah, it's been an absolute honour to be a part of that. All right. So Kira, Ellie, uh, a new era has arrived this year. Unfortunately, uh, was not able to go any forward than Pittsburgh. Uh, can you guys tell us a little bit what happened in the Pittsburgh game? Let's start with you, Ellie. Uh, obviously, it was a big gap. I think it was 43 to 6 or something like that. So, uh, can you kind of go back to that game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you don't want to go back yeah, to that game. Sure there was silence there. Look, you know, I just, we, we came in and um, everyone was in a really good place and you know, everybody was just, uh, there was an odd sense of calmness over it. And I don't know if I was the only person who felt that, but yeah, like they just, 
I don't know, we came in and, and we knew what we had to do and unfortunately we uh, didn't necessarily achieve what we wanted. Um, but you just you have to give Pittsburgh credit as well because they are a fantastic team. Yes. They're really good sportsmanship. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, it just comes down to team that played with more heart got it. And I don't think I, I'm not going to say that there was a better team or anything like that because both teams are fantastic and amazing, and they both do great things for for the league and for the game. So. Yeah, it just kind of, the games can go either way and, and that's how it went. Um, and we just kind of, you know, there's no harsh feelings. There's no, everybody's a little upset about it, but it is what it is. And you just come back harder and hungrier next year and just, you know, put it, put, it, put our mark out there and we're coming to take the ring next year. So that's fine. You can have this year because we've got next. Perfect. Ellie? <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah, I think she pretty much summed it up. All right. So I'm not going to dwell on that game anymore. Um, let's let's get predictions here since I got you guys two on here. Uh, it's a big, big weekend coming up here this Saturday, and uh, it's a huge weekend. You guys have seen uh, a lot of the teams here in on the East Coast, uh, Boston, D.C., very stellar teams, Boston on top of all that. Um, you guys uh, mm-hmm. pretty much are aware that the British firecracker, which is Ruth Mata on the Renegades, just an amazing talent uh, from uh, Great Britain. Yeah, she's just huge and big, big-time baller. Um, Ellie, let's start with you. Do you, uh, do you think uh, D.C. has a shot here? Uh, they obviously got routed last week, 62-32. to 32. Um, they, The defense didn't play it up to par in, with the Divas. Um, Boston looks hungry. They're undefeated. This is a back-to-back championship mindset. I just, just for me, it's just, it's just they're just on a roll. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for for Boston because I also have a teammate there, uh, JJ Sales from Roosters is playing there as wide wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So, so that's my pick, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it's a talented overall talented team. Um, Kira, what do you think? Boston over D.C. as well? Um, I think Boston have got a really strong schedule, but I'd like to see D.C. be the underdogs and, and come in. And I, I'm an Aussie, so I'm always here to cheer for the underdog. And they got rattled last week, so they're going to come in much stronger and, and know that they've got to pull it together this week. So I'd like to see them get up on top. All right. So you're pulling for D.C. Um, and Ellie's going for Boston, uh, supporting her player or teammate out there. Um, so what do you guys think of the rest of the schedule? Have you guys looked at that? Uh, Cali War against Arlington out west. Uh, Cali War similar to Boston. And uh, Arlington really can, if they can pull an upset, that would be a huge, big news shockwave all over the league. Yeah, um, I haven't looked at that much as, as so much, you know, to understand the team dynamics. I've, I've heard some whispers along the grapevine and, and things like that. So I don't think I'm going to – I can't really have a say on that one at the moment, but I think that it'll be an interesting game to watch, you know, and just kind of sit back, observe, and, and see what either side has, has got to offer. All right. All right. Um, so, girls, um, you're coming back here next year, and Ellie, you're coming back next year. Is that what what I hear from both of you? 
I don't know yet. I have to see. But uh, there's also there's going to be a new transatlantic trophy next year too. So I hope to make it there at least. But let's see. <laughs> let's see what happens. All right, and you're going back home, uh, Ellie, to play on on the Roosters again. Is this, that your goal? Uh, next season with the Roosters, yeah. There's no no Roosters this season anymore. So so my my games for this season have been have been played, but but for the next season, I'm going back there. Yeah. All right, Ellie, how's how's New York? Has it been different? I know you've been there a couple times, but every time you come to New York, is it something like second home now? It's starting to feel like that, yeah. I, I really enjoy being here. I, I love the city and and I love my people here, so it always feels like a little bit of coming home when I come here. Great. Um, Kira, about you, are you coming are you going back home, you said, right? And then you are you making the uh trip back uh, yeah, for the so, next W S A season? Yeah, so I'll I'll go home uh, at the end of July and um play in the Australian league out there. Um, which kicks off on the 24th, uh, 24th sorry, of August, um, all the way up until December, so a long season. Um, and then I'll consider my options. Um, obviously, the Wolves have, have quite generously, you know, invited me back and, and said that they'd love to have me back. Um, <laughs> without saying too much, I've had a few teams you know, send some some sly, some sneaky little sure. inboxes and and whatnot, and say like these are these are other options as well. So, look at the end of the day, I'm just really grateful to have the experience of playing in, in the American League. Um, my heart is definitely with the Wolves. So, um, yeah, I, I've got a few things to consider and whatnot. But um, either way, I, I'll definitely be back out in the states next year. All right. So, uh, ladies, Ellie. And Kira, thank you for making the time for me today. I, I know we were going back and forth on messaging, and thanks for your patience with that. And uh, look forward to chatting you guys next uh, season if you guys are here. And you're always welcome to uh, chime in if you want to come back onto the podcast. We always love talking international ball with international talented players like yourselves. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. All right, girls. Have Bye, a great uh, evening. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Holly, there you go. Two international journey women, uh, one from Aussie land, one from Finland. I don't know why I said Sweden. I just, my notes are just off. I just, uh, anyways. Um, so two talented uh, young ladies, one on your style of play uh, previously, the linebacker, and then the other one on running back mode. And so New York Wolves, obviously grateful to have both of them for their talent. Um so it's a, it's, you know, they're just branching in here, just like your four uh, teammates that came from overseas. Um, so the buzz is still coming. There's a lot of players that just want to get, uh, you know, to play in this league, in the WFA. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's a win-win-win for everybody involved. Um, and I hope that more and more teams start uh, reaching out to the international players and more players come over because it's a great influx in talent in the States. Uh, it helps the players that are international get exposed to a different style of play and then take what they learn back home with them. It's, it develops the sport as a whole, so I think it's awesome. Yeah, I know. Kira's, Kira's got a fire to be a running back. you got to have a lot of fire and probably anger to be a running back. 
And then on linebacker, you got to be just having a killer instinct. So Ellie's, Ellie's stout as well. So both of them are very talented. Um, and like I said, New York's very, very proud to have them. And hopefully they'll come back for another season. Uh, Kira, we're going to be kind of following her. Obviously, she's going to play in New, New, uh, New South Wales for the Raiders. So we'll kind of keep tabs on her as well. And then uh, Ellie will be returning to Helsinki. So we'll try to keep tabs on her as well. So uh, going in the forward future here. Um, so that's it, uh, Holly. I think the 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 set the thing is set here because it's going to be a tough weekend for a lot of teams. But we're I'm looking forward to underdogs. And like I said before, I think we're looking forward to a couple underdogs. So that would be Arlington, Mile High, pretty much uh, Mississippi Panthers, right, and Columbus Vanguards. Uh, I don't know about Detroit. Uh, I know they're probably listening to me going, what, what's up with that? But technically, Pittsburgh seems to be the better squad there. But the other ones would be shockers, wouldn't they? Yes, definitely. I think if you're going to ask what the biggest shocker would be, that's going to be tough because even though Boston beat up D.C., D.C. is still really talented, so – if DC won, it would be an upset, but it wouldn't be crazy. Arlington's improved. Well, uh, High's, you know, pretty talented. I don't know what the biggest upset would be at this point. Maybe Columbus over Orlando, just because Orlando's been so stout for the last three or four years, that going on the road to Orlando and beating them would, would be a pretty big upset, I think. My my big surprise would be Arlington. I think if any mm-hmm. surprise, I mean, Mahai could pull off St. Louis and we would know that, but Arlington has been under the radar and so they play good ball. But if they can take care of Cali War and break down Cali War and beat them, that would be the upset of the year. That'd be pretty big too, yes. Yeah, I mean, and, I and they know yeah. it. Yeah, I, I'm saying out of all of them, uh, even Mississippi. So if anything, it would be Arlington and Mississippi would be the, like the big shockers. If, if, if like you said, if if Mississippi goes all the way across town and um, across country and takes care of Nevada for whatever reason, that would be almost uh, uh you know same as Arkansas on that Arkansas run. Definitely. I mean that's a long track travel wise. So if they were able to come across the country and do that, that'd be a big upset too. Yeah, and, and and especially how hard it is to fundraise to get there and you know to go there and you know what I mean. It's just it's tough. It's really tough to do. And given the fact that they would have to go all the way to Nevada and then they'd have to turn around by the middle of July and head back to uh, Denver. Um, yeah, big hurdle there. But uh, overall, I think that's that the matchup. Really yeah, yeah. Very tough. Um, just to give you guys a heads up, it's going to be the, a, a huge weekend because this is really where we're at, right? Um, the matchup is either going to be Arlington taking down Cali War. If they do take down Cali War, they would end up having to face Boston or D.C. in the final. And that would be a huge story too, right, Holly? Uh, Arlington really getting to the national championship would be a big story. Yeah, that would be a huge story because either direction, if they're able to get past uh, Cali, then they're they're playing against, um, you know, an historically great team in either Boston or D.C. So that would be a big storyline. 
Yeah, and given the fact that on the on the west side they don't they haven't played any real D one competition, um, the big hurdle for them is they would have to play uh, play the two top dogs in Division one. So that that would be a huge story if they if they pull up the upset that way. Oh, for sure, definitely. Yeah. So Arlington Impact coaches, players, um, everybody listening, uh, Impact fans, guess what? This is we're on the bandwagon. Make it happen, right, Holly? We're on the bandwagon. We're pulling up the beer, <laughs> getting the cooler ready. Uh, hello, Lisa King. But here's Almost the thing. All I'm saying is here's the thing. Arlington's coming. We, we can't be, we can't be Drake though. We can't be like pulling out the jersey and then have the lose because that's not cool. No, no, no. But um, Destiny Jarber, uh, De- Destiny out there, uh, Jarberell, she said that that's not going to happen. So I got that confirmation already. I know Callie's ready. <laughs> and you got you got Ch- you know you uh, Chantel out there as well. Uh, you know they're not going to want to make it happen. Uh, they want to go to the no, national. No, they, they got some. They have some experience there for sure. So they're they're going to be ready. There's no question. Yeah. So Arlington, big hurdle. We're I guess if we're rooting for the underdogs, it's going to be the impact and Mississippi. So no disrespect to Nevada or Cali War, but I guess that would make the weekend very interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it definitely would. It, it would uh, kind of be like David and Goliath. For sure, yeah. Um, Holly, so you're back. We're always welcome to have you back. Um, going to give you some metrics before we take off here because uh, we're going to have WNFC – uh, CEO Brian Sewell coming up here, and we'll have Odessa Jenkins as well. And we're going to be talking nine cup coming up here in a couple minutes with uh, the return of Troy Wilson and the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks. Um, guess what the metrics are? Almost 10% U.S. reach, and the rest of the percentages is Australia, Mexico, Europe, and that's uh, a little bit of South America now. So that's our reach. Pretty awesome. Awesome. We're reaching around the globe. Yeah, we're. I, I was just totally excited. Uh, I got the uh, metrics from the various platforms, which is um, basically iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Blog Talk. So I combine them all together. Uh, our reach is now literally at a 100% goal. We're looking at 10%, and everything else is broken down. Uh, I mean, I'm 10%, 80%. Uh, 80% uh, it's going to be U.S. and North America, which is uh, encompassing uh, Canada, U.S., and Mexico. And then the rest of the percentage is Australia, Europe, uh, out there, and even a little bit of South America. So uh, our reach is there, your voice is there, everybody's voice is going out, and we really appreciate everybody in Aussie land, Europe, and everywhere else in between for listening to the podcast. Last year was our biggest download, Holly. Can you guess the number of how many downloads we had last week? Uh, how many? I'm going to tell you over 200 downloads last week on the podcast. And that, and that, that was no, that was no Troy Wilson. So I'm assuming it was because Mackenzie was back. Just assuming. Cause it wasn't for me. Well, because you, of me you, know, you know, she brings the salt. So she brought the salt <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and then, and apparently she got banned from Facebook and Zuckerberg didn't like her. So she was off for a week. So that was kind of not well, cool. You, you know my theory <laughs> that you know you've made it when you start getting blocked and banned and things, you That's know. True. So maybe 
Maybe the salt has, maybe she's become the salt of the earth of the Facebook world God. and is now, you she know, got a pattern. She got a pattern and somebody at Facebook is monitoring her. Let's ban her. <laughs> ban her. <laughs> but she's too crafty. She's got an alias. So Devon came, comes on. So it's pretty cool. So she, she got, Wait, she's, got is- she's a one step ahead. Is the, is Devon her like alter ego? Like we got to ask That's her about that. I'm not sure where that came from. That's her alter <laughs> ego with the mustache and beard, so nobody knows it's her. <laughs> Devon Salt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we have some characters on this podcast, right? And, and she's one of them, of course. <laughs> All right. Oh she's, man, that's awesome. She's, she's obviously poking the big bear, Zuckerberg. So uh, she's brave enough, I guess. Tough enough. So she's done it. <laughs> All right, um, Holly. Well, welcome back. Uh, I guess uh, we'll catch you on uh, next week. I guess if that's the case. So uh, looking forward to uh, talking yeah. the nine cup results at this point. Uh, so you're taking uh, Utah since they beat you, or are you taking Texas Elite? Ooh, it's going to be tough because, you know, both teams are really talented top to bottom. And I think it boils down to a scheme issue. Is uh, Texas's defense able to control Utah's offense like they did the first time they played them? That's going to be the question. It's kind of a toss-up in my opinion. All right, so you're not going against Utah. So that's good because you have to face them next year. No. <laughs> Good girl, right there. I think Smart. I think I think they're both very. No, I honestly, I'm not even just saying that. I really do think they're both really good. So, I think it could go right. either way. Yeah, your coach broke it down last week. McCarron broke it down, right? The it's just it's it. Hopefully, we get a best of the West rematch, and that would be the ultimate for the nine cup inaugural championship. That would be great. Definitely, definitely. All right, I think, so Holly, you know. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, wh- whichever way it goes, it's going to be a good game and an entertaining game because you have two uh, really strong teams, two really strong coaching staff, and a lot of talent on both sides. There should, should be a lot of fireworks, so it should be fun to watch. Yeah, and all cylinders, and we got our, uh, our uh, Hall of Famer, Louise Bean, who's going up against the Texas Elite, so that's even awesome, more awesome than that. Definitely. All right, Holly. We'll catch you next week then. Uh, get some rest and some R&R, and then uh, we'll right. see you next week on the podcast. Thanks. All right. Have a good night. All right, guys. That was Holly Custis, and we are going to be bringing in right now the one and only, the salty one, and college football guru Troy Wilson in the house. And then in a, uh, about a couple minutes here, two minutes here, we're going to be talking to uh, Brian Sewell and Odessa Jenkins. So, guys, what's going on? What's up? So, Mackenzie, I just, I just, I just, I just disclosed everything and even the hate for Zuckerberg. So everything is all out in the open now. You know, I'm totally like okay with that. So, just a quick overview. You know. People on Facebook nowadays are a little too sensitive for my liking. I mean, and I may or may not have gotten flagged for a meme that I may or may not have posted in a group. And it may or may not have offended somebody at Facebook. And I have no shame about that whatsoever. Zero. 
All right. So, uh, Troy, are you on? I, I'm here. I'm just I'm, I'm hearing all of these backstories about salty. Your girl was in jail. Troy, your girl was in Facebook jail. By, by Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg puts you on the pine. This is salty at your pine. I was in for a week. <laughs> is it not surprising, Troy? Like, that doesn't oh, surprise man. you, Troy, does it? It shouldn't be. Oh no! Oh no! No, this is not surprising at all. This is this is yeah, this is the least surprising thing I've heard in a long time. So yeah, you know I'm pretty sure she earned it. But you know what? Keep rocking on. You got to do your thing out there. Like I said, no shame whatsoever. Zero. I don't care if Zuckerberg is listening. I don't care. I don't care. I'm cool with it. <laughs> Yeah, Holly, I think, was more surprised that you have an alias. So that was just, like, sneaky for you, you know what I mean? You have more than one alias, probably. You know, but she was like, what? I Siobhan? Have, <laughs> I, I know. I, I popped in right as you guys were talking about that. And I do have a second Facebook page. So, Zuckerberg, if you're listening to this, again, I don't care. Okay, I don't do much on that page anyway. So you can try to flag it, but you're not going to find anything. Yeah, so we're all happy. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, get more happy here because we're going to be talking nine cup today and the championship. So uh, Troy and Mac, it is Utah, Texas elite. This is the rematch of the best of the West. Uh, obviously, Utah didn't fare very well in the regular season. So uh, we're going to be bringing in them on right here in a couple minutes. But uh, Troy, your take, is it going to be Utah or Texas elite? Um, you know what? I'm gonna go Texas Elite. Uh I, I think they they they've proven their medal. You know, just with the leadership that they have on their team. I, I gotta go Texas Elite. All right. Mac. Ooh, I knew this question was coming because I didn't answer it last week, so I'm yep. actually gonna go complete opposite and I'm gonna go uh Falcons. You're going with the uh, Louise Bean, huh? You're supporting the co-host. I am. Yeah. I am. I love Louise. She's great. Uh, I got to show support where it's due to the fam, you know? Yeah. So you're going with Louise Bean. Uh, Troy is going with uh, Texas. And I will take Texas as well because I just think they're just a little bit. But sorry, Coach Rasmussen, but I'm going to go with Texas. And if he proves me wrong, he can he can chop me down. Call me. He knows where I'm at. <laughs> I'll be man. I'll man up, Troy. Why not, right? If I get if I got beat down, I gotta I gotta take the, like my father said, bend bend right over and take it like a real kid. Boom. All right. So God yeah, gave me two buns. All right. So let's uh let's bring in uh the CEO Brian Sewell and Odessa Jenkins. Uh, to talk about the nine cup championship coming up here this weekend in Denver. And here we are. So Odessa, Bryant, how you doing? Hey, Oscar. How you doing, Brian? Hey, Oscar. Uh, very, very Odessa. good. I think. So you guys just heard where we're at. So uh, some of us are taking Texas elite and others are taking Utah. So there we go. 
right. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. All right, cool. All right, Brian, let's well, start with you. Uh, some of us are taking Utah. I think that's, and some of that's take appropriate. That's appropriate, Oscar. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> you tried to play the, oh, uh, Utah has lost a step or something after they played us in the regular season. I did not bite I on did. that offer and told you they were just as good as they ever were, and we'd probably see them again, and here we go. You, you, you can never count out Utah. They have much too long of a history. They've proven themselves many times. You know, obviously, you know, I think our team's going to be uh, ready for them. And, uh, but, I mean, you, it should be that way. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't have it any other way. All right, Odessa, well, some of some of the co-hosts here are going for you and uh the others are going against you. So, there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't I don't I'm I'm not as uh you guys know me, I'm straight up. I I'm not I'm not down with anybody who's going against us. So, I don't even want to I don't want to hear them talk. I'm not interested in being uh politically correct. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, man, I think that that like Brian said, that's the that's the right way. If you if you're a fan of football or you're a coach and you watch the last uh, Spartan Falcons matchup, you all you actually saw a game that was pretty close and back and forth for about 25 minutes. So um, you know they came out and stopped us in our first drive. We took the ball on offense. Uh, they came out and scored on some big plays and and so it, I, I think that if you actually watch that game. Uh, minus a couple big plays going one way or another, that was a, a tight matchup that I think is going to be. You know, we're preparing for a game that goes down to the final second. So, and that's what uh, that's the excitement. Um, Bryant, we talked to you about uh, WNFC last time, so Odessa, let's get your take on here. Pretty good season. Uh, I think the marquee game, as I talked to Scott McCarron last week, was probably the San Diego. Seattle matchup, which is really good for the, I think, for the league itself. Really close matchups, under 20 points. Uh, defensive uh, defensive performances on both sides of the ball for about three games, and then even the playoff game. So it's a really good. And then the, Re- the Rebellion streaming, the uh, streaming that was really excellent as well. So a lot of positives on the West Coast in terms of those two teams really competitive. Yeah. more proud of the product uh, that has been delivered uh, in our first year. I think you're right about what's going on in the Pacific Division. It proved to be a much more competitive division, uh, at least in the way of outcomes. Um, I think if you were watching at least uh, our first matchup with Nebraska and then our first matchup with Atlanta, we probably hobbled away from, you know, being the Spartans. We probably hobbled away from those games differently than we hobbled away from any others. So I think, you know, outside of the, the, the outcomes, there's been some pretty nasty physical matchups all over the WNFC. And that's all you can ask for is, you know, this is entertainment. I think what Scott, what Scott did in Seattle, what that team did with both of their quarterbacks going down uh, is, is, is crazy. You know, what, what the surge did with moving their top, offensive skill player in Gidry, who is also their top defensive skill player to quarterback. 
and making it as far as they did, and then, you know, the rebellion. I just I just think that there's so many stories around this league. Nebraska, who frankly could have come into any league and, and, and competed with any team, you know, standing in and, and playing the way they played. Alabama, with one of the smallest rosters in the league, being one of the most mm-hmm. exciting teams and having been case. So I just think that we uh, did what we intended to do in year one, and, and that was really have an entertaining, um, you know, forfeit-free, uh, beautiful product, and that's what we did. Odessa, the, uh, the matchup in terms of the top ranks, that was really good because we're here with one and two. The top rankings have basically kind of decided themselves, but overall we didn't have a massy, you know, group anger. We really had more of a clear-cut, uh, ranking. So the top five, we already knew that, or top four, we already knew they were going to be here at the end. And then the middle of the pack was pretty impressive of late. Uh, you had Denver come on strong, Nebraska as well. Uh, the Rebellion of late played really tough games towards the end there. So uh, that was pretty impressive to see uh, in terms of the middle ranking teams. Yeah, I think that a lot of people gave us hell over our our, our human rankings and not having like a pure point system and going more towards uh, the NCAA AP poll system. But I think it, it turned out well. I think in women's football um, there needs to be more of a human element with, because of the lack of parity. Um, I don't think we have a flawless system, as anybody who watches any kind of football knows. Uh, nobody does. There's com- Everybody's going to complain. You're going to complain about every system because it doesn't, you know, that's what people like to do. Um, so, but I think that ultimately our, our rankings and thank you and, um, you know, Shockley and Dana and EZ and all all of you guys who were involved in that and the coaches, because I think it turned out to make the end of the season very exciting. You know, what the Rebellion did to push up the ranks there and damn near make the playoffs was impressive. Um, again, I think that, that, that Nebraska team pulled, uh, proved to be a really good team. Um, a really, really good team to give everybody uh, a run for their money. So, yeah, I think that our ranking system, although we were going to evaluate it at the end of season to continue to get better, uh, proved to be one of the, the the better ones in women's football. Yeah, I think the points ranking uh, versus a strength of schedule uh, really just kind of just breaks it down in a simpler sense. When you get to the strength of schedule and going through all that massy stuff with the equations and everything else, it really kind of clutters everybody and makes everybody bitter at the end of the year. So I think everybody was pretty happy with what ended up happening uh, and the matchups that had happened. The end results, uh, probably not the, you know, what we expected in terms of the playoffs wasn't as competitive, but we did get one competitive matchup. Like I said, and that, comp- that matchup was really competitive for the three meets that they had and sort of kind of speaks to, how everybody gets on board that way, that this league is going to be very competitive. Yeah, I mean, you got to build towards, uh, build towards competitive football, and I think that's ultimately what we're trying to get to. This kind of stuff, you know, I see people's comments online, you know, telling us to step our game up, which is really cute. Um, if people uh, paid attention to what step, their, step your game up means, it, it actually is a um, – it's, it's looking at the market. It's looking at the media and telling them to step their game up towards women's football and telling anybody who treats women's football as an amateurism and doesn't respect the sport, the players, 
or the business of football needs to step their game up, and we absolutely respect it. So I think that ultimately it's it's a build towards one thing, which every team in this league is busting ass to build towards one thing, and that's what makes us unique. Um, we don't have a bunch of clutter. We don't have a bunch of people who can't decide what they want women's football to be. We all agree and are all sacrificing to build a professional sport. And, you know, that, that, that's going to show itself in league parity uh, sooner enough, sooner enough when, the, when the best players want to play in a league and play, pay for team, play for teams who aren't broke and play in a league that doesn't take a dime from them or their teams. Which is in a, kind of a change of model that we talked about at the beginning of the season before the, the launch and everything about, you you know, Adidas and Riddell and, and the message. The message was really just, you know, to get the ownership to another level and to get the players to another level because those two things are key to get the branding to another level. So, you know, the on-field play, the uh, logistics between ownership and, you know, fans just gets the brand to another level. I think that's been – the opposite for so long in the models in previous leagues that it's kind of a shocker for everybody to even think that way. Let me see. Oh, we might have lost. Um, oh, there she is. There, there's a, I said as much of. Is she there? Kind of, I think we lost you, uh, OJ, if you hear me. Yeah, I think she's in the mountains. I, we might have a yeah. signal come and go. I think we might have lost her. Uh, so, Brian, maybe you want to speak to that while she's coming back on. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, the, the opposite, right? Because before we were concentrating on, you know, the, the players pay, but there was no, feeder, no feeding back to the, to the ownership or, you know, for logistics to, to get a better fan base, basically. It's building for fan base. It, and it's the opposite model. Before, there was no fan base, but we're doing everything else the other way. And now we're kind of driven to a fan base mentality, to grow a fan base. Sure. And, and I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a, there's a lot of differences, obviously, be, between the way we're doing things and the way they've been done in the past. If you look at pretty much all the leagues that have existed before the WNFC, they all have somewhat of the same they have the same model. I mean, they're just variations of, of, you know, different colors of the same crayon, Um, you know, with the fees being paid and it all going to either a for-profit or non-profit group at the top, but it was always bottom up. There was nothing, you know, the league didn't ever give back. All it did was take It never, you know, much attempt at branding, certainly not on a league level. And when, you know, when you're paying into a league, you're, you're kind of a, it's a membership. Well, okay, but you, you, you're not cohesive. You're not working together. That's the difference in the WNFC. All the teams are on the same page because they agreed to be on the same page to be in the league. And when you're paying somebody else to be there, you're, you don't have the – there's no control. And not to mention all the other parts of, of you know – all the money feeding into one place, where's the money go, follow the money. You know, with us, the money is coming from the top and going out to the teams. And with the other model, it's coming from the teams going into the league and going to wherever it goes, nobody knows. Um, 
but it allows us to do things like offer a cohesive product to an Adidas and to a Riddell. And both of those sponsors have come through in ways we didn't even imagine. I mean, OJ could give you some pretty um, direct statistics on how much money Adidas and Riddell is putting into the championship week just in equipment and gear. I think it's well over a half a million dollars at this point. Well, um, That's never been done yeah, before. I'm- yeah, hey guys, I'm on. Um, and you know, I heard Brian talk about the numbers. We 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 ain't, we're not permitted to truly talk about the numbers, so we won't. Let's just say it's significant. And I I where I was going with that Oscar is that like these teams and these players are just bought in, and I think it's really hard to change amateur mindset to building towards professional mindset, and. I'm just really proud that we're not moving on what we think the standard for these women and their sacrifice should be, period, point blank. And I think that um, that's showing and paying off to sponsors and players alike. All right. Uh, Let's bring in Mackenzie here to poke you guys' brain here. But it's a big weekend, Mackenzie. Nine Cup, Utah, Texas Elite. Let's uh, talk to them about what's going to happen this weekend. Hey, guys. How are we doing? How's it going? Very good. What's up, Matt? How's it going, OJ? I'm out here, man, living the dream. Look, I feel you. Living the dream, man. So I, just, I have a couple questions for both of you. So as far as the term nine cup, where did that come from? I'm – for some reason, I'm real interested in where you got where you guys got the thing for your what's essentially your your championship weekend. Where did you guys come up with that? Yeah, you know um, that actually came by a conversation that all of the the group of the administrators of the league had regarding Title IX and our respect for Title IX and how that amendment to law. Uh, has changed sports for women. And to honor Title IX and leveling the playing field, which is what all of our tags and what our league is about, right? Step Your Game Up is about leveling the playing field for women, setting a different expectation for who we are and what we should receive. And that's what Mm -hmm. Title IX was all about. It was enacted, right, Uh, so that women could be afforded financially the same investment as men's sports, and as a result of federal funding, that women's sports could be developed, and, it, and it's working, right? It's not working perfectly, but it's working. So in order to honor, you know, obviously we're not federally funded uh, or in education, but to honor that concept uh, that we should be financially invested in as women's football, as a market, uh, we, uh, we use the nine cup to represent that. Wow. That oh, that is amazing. Like I mean, I know you you and you know lots of the um, administration in your league follows me on Facebook. You know, you guys know how I feel about you know women having those equal opportunities. So I'm right there with you guys in terms of stepping up your game. Whether it doesn't matter if it's women's football, just women's sports in general. You know, we need an equal playing field. So I wow, I'm mind blown at that concept. That's amazing. Good job on you guys. Holy cow, I love that. All right. 
No, thanks, man. You know, we're all about um, we're all about driving women and girls forward, and men too, right? Like, there's a lot of men. Bryant, you know, our CEO is a man, and there's a lot of men and guys and boys who are pulling for us and supporting us. You know, the head of Adidas Football just announced that he's gonna uh, come to the Nine Cup. We just found that out today, and he's going to be um, delivering and pre- presenting our league MVP award at our uh, breakfast of champions. So just stuff like that where there's a lot of people, you know, stepping up for equality, but as women, we have to demand it first. We have to demand better of ourselves so that others will respect us. And that's, that's what we're all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brian, what would you say your, your take on everything as far as what you, what you've been through the entire season is what, you know, how do you feel? Where are you at? pros, cons, everything. I want I want to pick your brain. Well I'm I'm very pleased with how everything's gone. I think the thing that um that never gets stated enough is that um OJ and the staff at at the WNFC put in more hours probably doing that than they do at all of their regular jobs. I mean I, I really don't doubt that. Um you know I'm involved in a lot of things behind the scenes, particularly with OJ and, and the staff. But, I mean, the amount of time that they put in to put this product out there and, and, you know, getting 14 or 15 people, no matter how good they are, all on the same page is challenging in any environment. Um, but we're blessed to have a tremendous uh, ownership with all of our teams. Um, some are more established than others, but everybody always pulls the same way, and that is – uh, critical. I mean, I think there's some things that we need to work on to improve. I mean, obviously, some of the broadcasts were just phenomenal. I mean, Atlanta does a great job with that. San Diego does a great job with that. I think Utah does a good job. Uh, Texas Elite does good. We can do better. Um, but, you know, there's been some tremendous things out there. I, I, we want to get our website to be a little bit more user-friendly. So there's always places to improve. But, you know, our staff is second to none. Um, we're looking very forward to expanding next year and, uh, you know, making this concept much larger with like-minded teams that want to do the same thing that we've been doing. And I'm just so proud of what everybody has accomplished. I mean, the no forfeit was something that was laid out there to everybody that I don't think has ever been accomplished in any league. And we pulled it off without any problem whatsoever because our team simply wouldn't allow it to be any other way. So I'm very proud of that. Uh, Adidas and Riddell have been terrific partners, and I think that will only escalate as we go forward. So, um, you know, there's some things where we want to improve and do things a little bit better. You know, no, no, first, no first season anywhere goes perfectly, so we'll have lessons learned and we'll have to get together after the season and, and – improve where we need to improve and, and accelerate and, and uh, you know, exploit the success that we've had in other areas. So I, I'm very pleased overall. Awesome. I love that. So, and I'm, you know, OJ knows, like, her and I have talked a little bit, like, at the beginning of this entire, you know, WNSC at that time to me was a project, so don't come at me, like, I wasn't, you know, I'm not going to say I was a hater of the entire thing. I was just unsure because I'm just like, 
you know, I don't really think this, you know, I'm not really sure how it's going to go. And I'm, I'm sure you had, you guys, you know, you guys have had a lot of people, you know, kind of back and forth about whether they want to hop on board and be supporters or, you know, just overall. And I can honestly say after, uh, you know, after watching this entire inaugural season for your, for the WNFC, I can honestly say that I am a fan of the league itself. Um, and the product that you guys are placing out there, you know, it's like I said before, uh, last time OJ was on, you know, we talked about how, you know, as a playing field, we all, it doesn't matter what league you're in, you know, our goal is to maximize the awareness and equality for women's football, period. And I feel like that's what you guys are doing as far as the WNFC. I feel like that's what my own league is doing. Um, and, and it's starting to, you know, refine themselves as, as an entity like that. So uh, just my final question for the both of you, what are you guys um, looking to achieve next, like with the with the second season coming around, what are you kind of looking for as far as, like, are you looking to add teams? Are you looking to add more sponsors? Just kind of a, a generalized, um, you know, over um, overview. Yeah. You know, we have a pretty specific plan for 2020 and 2021. You know, as, as Bryant and I both as entrepreneurs, we're smart enough not to look too far out. Um, but we we had pretty specific goals for 2019, and we hit most of those. Um, for 2020, it has to do with uh, three things, uh, standing up uh, our, all of our mobile apps and WNFC TV and expanding that uh, and getting more sponsorship around that, uh, really being able to mobilize our product. And we, got, uh, we have a... Um, a director and somebody who's actually going to lead WNFC TV that we're really excited about coming for 2020. So that was a big win for us. And then um, sponsorships is, is obvious. Uh, we want to we want to take less we want to take less of our investment and, and more mark, uh, sponsorship dollars to help grow the teams. And then last last is 100% get the right owners the right teams into our league as we expand to the Midwest, uh, to the South, and to the East. Um, there are, you know, 10 to 12 teams that we are absolutely openly recruiting. And um, mar- I would say markets because, you know, if we don't get, we're going to build. We have, we have uh, we're going to go achieve our, our goals no matter what. Um, so I think uh, – those things are big, and then just to get more players uh, who are superstars, we want to highlight players in the WNFC. So I think the, the more players we can get and put on, you know, have 47,000 or 50,000 people watching them, the better. But those are those are our goals as we expand 2020 for me. I don't know, Brian, if you have anything different. Well, I mean, I think that going into this season – um, I think there was a lot of skepticism from a lot of people because, as I said, we're doing it different than it ever had been done before. And I think a lot of the doubt and the skepticism was very justified. And I think a lot of it was fed uh, and, you know, and ex- I guess exasperated by a lot of false information that was put out there as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, we fulfilled every promise that we made to every team, exceeded most of those promises, generally financially for sure, 
And, you know, all the skepticism and all the doubt that was out there can't be there anymore. You know, we were we were told pretty much straight up that you can't do that. And, and you know, if things are too good to be true, they probably are. And you'll never pay any teams any money and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And all that happened. So all the people that were saying that didn't know what they were talking about or were just lying one or the other. And so we've fulfilled all of those. And... We said we would, and we're going to expand in all of those areas next year and do it again. So, you know, now there's a track record. Now there's a, a success and, and a series of accomplishments that we said we were going to do. So all of those doubts should be pretty much put to rest. And we're here to stay, and we're going to build this to the professional level. And there isn't anything anybody can really do to stop it. Well, man, I can't. I, I really can't wait to see how everything unfolds for you guys in this, this upcoming season. I'm really excited to see. I'm also excited to see this, these games this weekend. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, um, OJ, I love you dearly. You're my bud, but I, I gotta go to Utah. Yeah, I oh, oh. oh. You and Marcel Sip. I'm gonna call him out because I saw his little plug <laughs> on, the, on the internet. I'm going. I'm coming for everything. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm a, I have a very high level respect for opponents, um, and so I've had my ass beat in a championship game in multiple occasions. I've been lucky enough to go to a lot of them, and I've been lucky enough to lose a lot of them. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I don't take anything for granted. My team has prepared for this game like we've never prepared for anything else. So if if Rick beats me, it's going to be because he comes out with something I've never seen before. Um, and his players play out of his mind from start out of their minds from start to finish because we are absolutely prepared. So I, I'm looking forward to this game. And, you know, from a player's perspective, and, you know, obviously I'm biased because, you know, I, I co-own Texas Elite as well with OJ, and, and I wouldn't pick anybody over us. But when you get to – when you have the privilege to play people like Rick and, and Utah, same thing can be said for D.C. and Boston, absolutely first-class organizations all the way. There are many of them out there. When you get to play games like – I mean, this is what the whole season is about. And we could be playing Seattle, we could be playing San Diego, you know, these are the games that you live for because you know the other side is coming to play. And, and, you know, I've always had a problem with people that want to, you know, play down or or, or play down so they can win. I mean, I want to play the best competition that's out there. And I think most of the top-level teams want the same thing. I mean, Utah – probably even though they don't maybe want to see us again, we couldn't be any happier to play the best competition in the country. Same thing with Boston and D.C. There's nobody else they'd rather be playing than each other because they know they're two of the best that there is. And that's what makes these games so much fun because we know Rick is going to be ready and he knows we're going to be ready. And um, it's going to be, it's going to be a great game. There's no way it could be any different. All right. Um, Brian and Odessa, 
So it is uh, ninecupchampionship.com, right, for tickets, hotel bookings, and everything else? Yep. The ninecupchampionship.com? ninecupchampionship.com. The games are going to be streamed on uh, WNFC.tv. So if you if you if you're not in attendance, you can go to www.wnfc.tv or watch them directly from any of our social pages. Um, but yeah, if you're going to the game and you want to be in on this uh, on some of these awesome, you know, our banquet at the Breakfast of Champions, or I'm I'm really excited about this All Star Combine. I know uh, we aren't talking mm-hmm. about it a lot, but I think we have 90 All Stars showing up to Denver. Uh, or sorry, Golden, Colorado, and the combine drills. You know, they're they're going to be running some drills directly from the NFL combine, which will be really cool. And there'll be former NFL players there, and uh, it's going to be really fun for the players. And then at halftime of the Nine Cup, we're going to have our league-wide skills challenge, and we run the forty and do the longest pass and strongest players. So. I'm excited about every. Obviously, excited about the game personally. Um, but as league administrators, uh, Bryant and I, and the rest of the WNFC staff are excited about all the other stuff happening. And then, you know, to top it off, you know, Jen Welker and having her camp and bringing bringing the girls camp there and Make a Wish Foundation, bringing a Wish family. It's going to be a really cool event. So it's a very exciting uh, Utah. Against Texas Elite, two, uh, number one, number two all season. Uh, it's a really elevating on the brand now. It's successful year one, and like I said, there was a lot of a lot of things that happened during the season that were really exciting. TV, San Diego Rebellion, uh, WNFC TV, pretty successful. So uh, OJ and Brian, thanks for coming in. Really excited for the weekend and a couple of days from now, and we are going to see a class of champions on both sides. So uh, Utah against uh, Texas Elite. Thanks, man. Hey, Oscar, I have to say, one thing, i got to give a shout-out to the Utah Falcons fans. They gave me the best uh, <laughs> chalkboard material in, in Delete the Elite. It was like the, the – I saw it in a real oh. screenshot, man. Delete the Elite. So I, I, can't, I can't even be mad at how clever that is. Wow. I just want to give a shout-out to, to the Falcons fans. I was badass. Don't worry, you'll get to see him again. <laughs> no, we we, we love say. Rick and that whole we love Rick and that whole group in Utah. They're first class all the way, and nobody we'd rather line up against than them. They're they're fantastic, and it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Thanks Brian, uh, that's a, no problem. We'll look forward to the Nine Cup coming up this weekend. Uh, NineCupChampionship.com. Get your tickets and everything else. And we'll uh, touch base in, in about a week or so and see what the result is. But uh, it's going to be a class of champions here. Former I, multi-time IWFL champion Utah Falcons against uh, Best of the West and Texas Elite Spartans. So it's going to be a great matchup this weekend. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, Thanks Oscar. All right, Mackenzie, um, I don't know, but uh, this is this is the moment. That all we've been waiting for all season, and this is where they're at. Utah, Texas Elite Spartans, the clash of clashes. I mean, she said it right there. Unless unless Rasmussen can come up with another bag of tools, and he will. I know he will because he's he wants to gra- uh, grab that another crown. And, and wouldn't it be nice to have 
the first inaugural championship. Yeah, I am. Uh, whew, I'm. I'm really honestly. I just. I can't wait to see all the games this weekend. I mean, the the uh, Falcons Texas League game is top on my list. Make sure that I get a chance to see. But um, <laughs> it's gonna be great. I can't. Wait. I really can't. I already. Uh, I already sent. Uh, I already told Bean. This is the moment, your moment. So she needs to bring the trophy back as a co-host to just elevate our branding even more. And we're both nine-cup champion, right? Hall of Famer, nine-cup champion. Yes. Oh, man. That would be special. Oh, for sure. It'll be, it'll be, uh, it'll be great. I'm really, I'm really pulling for being, oh. It's going to be a good game. I just, I need Saturday to be here. It's going to be great. And then the fact that it's going to be televised is even better. The fact that we're going to see it live on WNFC TV, um, this is it. I mean, this is it. Uh, I I was just joking with Coach, you know, about Coach Rick. I know he's ready. He's fueled. He's going to take care of business. And Odessa obviously knows what she's up against. And they're both big-time competitors. And the, the, the goal here is obviously to make this game as competitive as possible. Yeah, at this point, I mean, you know, like we, you know, like we've all seen in the past, you know, um, rematch of best of the West from last season. Um, it's literally going to come down to which which team executes the best on all sides of the ball, not just one. It can't just be, you know, one on, you know, series one or two series on offense, one or two series on defense. Both of them have to play an entire game of football and put it all together, and they they damn near have to play perfectly against each other you know, in order to get the result either one of them wants. So it's going to be clean bloodbath. And I love, you know, you know, you know, I love me some games like that. So. And it's going to be a great environment. So nine cup championship.com. Get your tickets there as well. Uh, let's uh, finish up here. We got about 15 minutes, Mackenzie. Um, so let's talk about another great team that's happening. Legends football league, Seattle miss. This weekend, taking on the Austin Acoustics. This is a rivalry of rivalries. K.K. Matheny taking on Michelle Angel. These are the two top quarterbacks. Michelle played for Seattle. Uh, Matheny has played for Seattle. So they know each other very well. Uh, must win for Austin. The Seattle Miss already pretty much have clinched. They're 3-0. and All they got to do is win one more. Even if they lose this weekend, they'd still be clinching a playoff berth at 3-1. and So a big battle here in terms of seeding for Austin Acoustic. So um, what do you think of the matchup coming up here this weekend? Ooh. Let's see, I went one for two last weekend. Um, I'm going to have to go with the underdog in, and I feel like the underdog at this point is the, the Acoustic. So that's what I'm rolling with. Yeah, the Acoustics played pretty good ball. I don't know if their last showing was as impressive. This is the moment uh, for them, but the all-fantasy squad of the Mist, Jade Randall, Stevie Schnorr, Dominic Malloy. I mean, we can go on and on and on about this, the weapons that Kiki Matheny has. Uh, at this point, it's going to be tough to beat, but they can do it. So we'll see. It's a, it's a must-win for uh, Austin to stay alive in the, uh, in the Western Conference playoffs. The format has changed. This year, it used to be where two conference teams would face each other uh, at neck and neck. Now it's going to be the top four teams that make the playoffs, not necessarily 
winning your conference anymore. So I think that makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah, with with the whole um, the con- with the the uh, change up of the conferences and I guess I'm not going to really call it restructuring, but restructuring of the conferences it definitely makes um, makes the like the opponentship different as far as um, you know people you may have seen or teams you may have, they may have seen last year uh, you know on a regular schedule basis. Um, it's kind of almost like a, a in conference out of conference uh, right you know deal. So it's really a, a matter of you just got to win your games and try to be in the top four, which is more competitive than just blowing out your conference and being the top dog that way. Um, so, let's, mm-hmm. Mackenzie, let's recap week nine. Atlanta versus Chicago. The Steam versus the Bliss. The Bliss we saw against Austin. They didn't play as hot. Now, Chaz Dusan came in stronger at this point. Uh, they do get edged 30-25. to 25. They make a last-minute blunder on offense with about – 54, uh, 40 seconds or so, they could not spike the ball to stop the clock. They were in the red zone, and so that cost them the game. There was an opportunity to put a score up and maybe upset Atlanta. And so uh, Emma Vanderhagen out there and Chaz Dusan, they just got to be biting themselves right now. Just they, they make that blunder at the end and 40 seconds, and they could have put it in the end zone. You know, and I had I well, you know last week I um, I took them to win. You know, I took I took them for the over, and and even my score prediction wasn't that far off. I had them by ten. They lost by five. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was it was a lot better than expected than I thought. Um, watching watching the parts of the game, the parts of the game that I did miss at least with that one, um, I feel like they should have tried to, you know, get the blunder going earlier in the game. I feel like if they would have had that pace they had at the end of the game, uh, probably, you know, right before, right even right even up until after halftime, like, you know, right at the start of the ball, second half, they'd have been, they'd have, they'd have a W, honestly. Like, it would have been close. Like, it still would have been within that five, six-point range I had. It would have been five or six points the other direction. Yeah, and I think Chicago, you got to be impressed, right? Uh, they've played three games now, and every game they've improved, and this outing – prove no different. If they can get their offensive uh, woes in check, I think they'll be formidable, a more formal team going forward for the last last game of the season. Yeah, I, uh, I'm very impressed with, with them. I, to be honest, uh, the beginning of the season, I wasn't quite sure, you know, what what was going to happen, especially, you know, losing most of their players from last year and the season before. I was just like, oh, I don't really, I don't really see them doing much, but I can honestly say they've, they've changed my mind for sure. All right, so Week 10, Mackenzie, coming up this weekend uh, via YouTube on the Legends Football League channel. Nashville Knights, Molly Richardson taking on the Denver Dream and our girl out there, Kelsey Cristiano. And the result was 14-12. to 12. So it's a great game to watch this weekend. 14-12, to 12, similar situation that the Atlanta-Chicago game here, last minute, last quarter, situation and one of the teams could have pulled it off and so the Nashville Knights coming off that loss in Omaha against our girl Anna Garza uh, 14 to 12 and you get to see it live this weekend on Legends Football League on the YouTube channel Ooh, I, I don't know if I can pick I had, this, I had this problem last week too I don't think I can pick I think I'm just going to watch the game itself but I can't. I can't make a. I can't make a prediction. 
I just can't do it. Well, it's already been made because Nashville won 14 to 12. So you just need to watch the nail biter. That's what I'm talking about is the nail biter itself. I'm not sure. Mm. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 14 to 12, no, uh, the Nashville take. Knights win this weekend. Uh, they, You can watch it. Uh, Nashville takes care of business. Denver, on the other hand, has another loss, a losing season here. Uh, they've they've slided off. Their defense has really has been a kind of a the piece that hasn't helped them. So you get to watch another classic matchup. Uh, if you thought Atlanta Chicago was a nice uh, game this weekend, it's Nashville versus Denver, 14 to 12. The Knights win over Denver, and we are looking forward to this weekend. It's not on YouTube. It's going to be Seattle Myth taking on the Austin Acoustics in Seattle. It is at Shower Center, and it'll kick him Matheny against. Michelle Angel. So that's awesome. Uh, so that's one of the lineups there. Week 5, LFP, courtesy of TVP, Deportes. If you miss anything that we talk about, if you don't know what we're talking about, right, Mackenzie, you go to the hub. You right. go to the hub. Oh, where it's at. Facebook.com forward slash gridironbeauties. That's it. You go to the hub. You're up to date on what's going down. So week 5, LFP in Mexico. Pretty Monsters, 50-6 to six over Bertrancas. Kind of a, a kind of put themselves on a already a win. Five weeks in, week six now, the playoffs, semifinals, Vicarious against uh, Casadoras, 44-6. Rampage, the best team in the league. The Obregon, 75-9 over the Redskins. The semifinals happen right now this weekend, June 29th. We will be all over it. The Pacific Bowl Championship will be on July 6th. You can go to the hub. The other matchup, uh, McKenzie, coming up here, July 13th, the USWSFL champion, uh, semifinals. It is uh, twice, or I'm sorry, finals. Tri-City Thunder versus Hampton Roads get Lady Gators. Keystone Assault against the Washington Prodigy. And that will be, uh, that was announced earlier, USWSFL, July 13th. And then we are going to get all the recaps up to date from German League, the AFD Ladies German League. And thanks to our network partner, Ladies Football Germany, for giving us all the recaps and information. So it's great. And uh, events coming up, WFLA draft, August 31st at the MGM Grand in Vegas. The WFLA Combine is going to be August 10th at Dignity Health Sports Center in Carson. And if you want more details on the WFLAfootball.com, you go there. And, Mackenzie, the Brazilian National League, uh, Men's American National League, has announced that they're going to have a Women's National League, a part of the one that happened in the Parianzi League. It's going to be the National League here. The uh, LFA Brazil Femenino, the season will start July 28th. That's going to be awesome. Uh, so we're looking forward wow. to that as well. So it's pretty awesome. It's going to be uh, almost, about, I think, almost 10 teams, 8 to 10 teams. And um, it's going to be a great event. So we're going to be following that season as well. And then off-seat season comes into play. And we can't forget, of course, congratulations to Team Legacy the winning the Guam Championship for the 8th time, eighth consecutive time for Guam, Team Legacy and Guam. Eight straight. Holy cow. Oh, that's wow, man. I just whew, all the international play just never ceases to amaze me, honestly. Oh, man. I love it. I love watching it grow. I love watching the sport grow. I just oh, I love women's football. I love sports in general. Oh. It was great. Uh it's a great event. Uh, Island Stunners got beat again. Obviously, Team Legacy 
a staple team there and probably the best team on the on the island. So congratulations to the girls out there. Thank you to Linda Salas out there for sending us the video and thank you to Guam Sports Network for sending us the uh, recap as well. So really, really exciting there. Um, the other matchups coming up is WFL, uh, Legends Cell Play, and we'll get those up to date as well. V-Queens on a roll. Uh, we also have highlights from XFL on the hub, so you can take advantage of that. There's top stories happening over at the hub. So, of course, the WNFC uh, Nine Cup Championship coming up this weekend. So you can get tickets there, as we talked about. And the big announcement, obviously, like I said, Brazil, BPA, Femenino, Launch National League is going to happen there. And then we also have coverage videos from Global Saskatoon as they covered the Saskatoon Valkyries taking on the Leopard Steel. It is the rematch in the Western Women's Canadian Football League Regina Riots to defend against the Saskatoon Valkyries in the WWCFL Championship. So there it is, Mackenzie. Two juggernauts, just like Texas Elite and Utah, in the final once again in the WWCFL. Oh, boy. You know, I, I'm still trying to figure out where all these juggernauts keep coming from because it's almost like, you know, a year ago, even too, um, when, we, when we started really digging deeper into everything, it kind of seems like they're just coming out of the woodwork. I And... Like I said, again, I just, I love the growth. I love the progression. I I love mostly everything about it, except I wish it would, I wish the progression would be faster, but you can't, you can't push progress. At least not too much. And also, let's give a shout out and congratulations to Lexfa 2019 champions, back-to-back champions, the Thunder Girls of Lexfa, Mexico. Congratulations to them. You can get all the video there as well. Uh, thanks to Sabrina Huerta one of the Thunder players for supplying that championship uh, moment. So uh, if you miss anything, where do you go? At the hub at facebook.com forward slash weekly updates. Make sure you comment, share our post and, and give us a like as well. We're almost at 7,100 followers. So uh, our goal is to get to 10,000 by the end of the year. You can make it happen by sharing, commenting and doing all that. So really appreciate that. And if you guys want to support the podcast, go to the uh, Facebook uh, page, go to the shop now tab and go to zazzle.com forward slash gridiron beauties and get your leggings, hoodies, and stuff up to 20% off. And check out the amazing and talented Anna Garza sporting our new tops and bottom set. So you can get it at the zazzle.com no joke football shop as well, up to 20% off. Use the code there and check it out. So Anna's looking awesome over there, uh, Mackenzie. Absolutely. You know, and I'm not going to lie, I put, um, Put a pair of those leggings on my wish list. <laughs> that works. I really appreciate that because that helps us out as well. And then uh, thanks to Zazzle for obviously supporting our podcast for six years and making it happen for us to stay on the air. So everybody, you guys have been listening to the best podcast on the planet with amazing co-hosts like Mackenzie Brooks, Holly Custis, college football guru Troy Wilson, and the option Louise Bean, who's getting ready for the Texas Elite Spartans at the Nine Cup this coming weekend. So. Uh, let's hope our girl brings it home, Mackenzie. The, the hardware. Um, oh, I'm pulling for her. Bean, if you're listening, I'm pulling for you. Let's get the W and bring it back. Let's do it. Luis, let's go. Bring the hardware. We want gold. All right. For Oscar Lopez, Mackenzie Brooks, and thanks to uh, Brian Sewell, Odessa Jenkins, uh, Kyra Lee Darjan, and Ellie Metzola, thanks for coming on today, and we'll catch you here next week number 280 and we will see the results of championship weekend and playoff WFA weekend. Have a great night. See ya.